Okay, I'm going to have you take your Bibles. We're going to look together in the Gospel of John, John chapter 20. Verse 1, it says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was dark and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. We're going to skip down to verse 11. In verse 11, it says, But Mary stood outside by the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stood down and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head, one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And then, she said, then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because you have taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabbana, which is to say, Teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but I go to my brethren and say to them, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. And let's have prayer. Lord, will you bless this time? Thank you for each one that's here, for families that are together, for each of us that have been able to come to honor and worship the Lord, may you bless this moment. May your spirit just be able to fill each of us, whether we're inside, we're outside, or listening by radio, or on Facebook. May you just bless. And we just want to thank you again for what we celebrate. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the other day we were driving, and Margaret and I heard a song. Jeff and Sherry Easter sings this song. It's kind of a strange song in that uh, it's about this lady that died. And so uh, listen to what it says. It says, she was born in 1900. She had her share of hard times. And at the age of 15, she met the love of her life. And now she adored him. And oh, how she adored him, loved him to her dying day. So we celebrated when we put her in the grave. We threw her a going-away party, the event of the year. The day that she lived for is finally here. The one that she loved wants her by his side, so strike up the band. It's party time. Now, what do you think about that? When someone dies, should you have that kind of celebration? Well, you know, if we believe what we say we believe, if we believe that Jesus is resurrected, that he is in heaven, and that He's made it possible for us to be there with Him. Then why not? Why not have a celebration, especially for somebody who has lived a life that is faithful? Why not just have a, be a party on their behalf? Because although we may grieve and miss them down here, we know that they're far better off than we are. They're with the Lord Jesus Christ and able to celebrate. Now, I just wonder... See, that's rare that we do something like that. But I wonder what it would be like for Mary Magdalene. If we saw her today and we said, or we saw her in her old age, I don't know how long, how old she lived. We don't have any of that recorded. But what if we saw her and she was older and we said, 
Mary, why is it you're so happy? Maybe she's on her deathbed getting ready to die and she's just she's all enthusiastic. How can you be happy knowing that you're going to die? I wouldn't be surprised if Mary doesn't go back and begin to tell this very story. The very things that we're reading here in John chapter 20. And she may have just said, hey, let me just tell you about how that day unfolded. You see, that day was a day of despair. That was a day of darkness. And all of a sudden, things changed. Verse 11, go back to chapter 20 to verse 11. Look what it says. It says that Mary stood outside by the tomb and she was weeping. That same word weeping is used in John 11 when Lazarus died. It's all those people that were, they were weeping and welling. And that's what it means. It means some deep weeping, grief, and it was coming from deep inside. So she was hurting. It wasn't something pretend. This was somebody who had a broken heart, and so she was welling. Now, you may ask why she was welling. I'm going to give you four reasons right here that she was hurting on the inside, okay? She was hurting first because... She really had been touched by Jesus. You know, she had been healed by Jesus. We're told a couple of different places in the Bible that Mary Magdalene was a person that had been uh, had evil spirits within her. Seven, in fact. Listen, here's Mark 16.9. Mark 16.9, if you want to write that down, here's what it says. He rose early on the first day, and he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, of whom he had cast out seven demons. So Jesus, earlier in his ministry, at some time, had cast out seven demons from Mary. Also, here's another verse. It's Luke chapter 8, verse 2. And here's what it says. It says, speaking of her, that she had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom he had uh, cast seven demons. So, Here's what we don't know about Mary. We don't know what the the demons had done to her, but we know this. She had seven demons. Seven is a complete number, which means that they had complete control of her. And one of the things that we know is from Luke chapter 8 that she was sick. It says she had some infirmities. So these demons, not only were they in control, but they had caused, taken away some of her health. Now, we don't know what else that entailed. It could have been a lot of things. And there's some people that have used their imaginations and have said some terrible things about Mary, about her past. Some have accused her of being the, the immoral woman, uh, a prostitute. And you know what? If demons are in control, she may have well been that. But we don't know that for sure. But we do know that they had tormented her life and that Jesus Christ is the one that cast those demons out and it changed her. Changed her completely and she could never get over that. And so she was in grief over losing the one that had changed her life, that had given her a new start, a new beginning. Here's a second reason. She had found meaning and purpose in Jesus' life. Now, in those days, there wasn't a lot that a lady could do. But in Luke chapter 8, verse number 3, I don't know if you've... uh, have looked at that verse before, but it says there were some ladies, and it names them, and Mary Magdalene's one of them, that they provided for Jesus, they provided help for Him from their substance. So there's some ladies that had been well off, and they themselves had actually taken time from their money, 
from their resources, and they were actually giving to be able to aid the ministry of Christ. Now, they may have done some other things. I don't know what all that they were doing. They may have done some other things, but they were making a difference. They believed in Jesus, and He gave them opportunity to serve, and they did so. And so she had meaning, she had purpose in her life. Not only that, she was there at the crucifixion. Now, you can read in the Gospels. Now, the, the apostles, it was dangerous. They weren't there. And it may, they may have been a less threat if you was a woman. But the Bible plainly says, for example, in Mark 15, 40, in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 55 and 56, and it names off the different ladies, that they were present at the cross and Mary Magdalene was there. Jesus had touched her and she was not ashamed to be there. She wanted to be able to support and to encourage Him and so she watched Him be crucified. She watched Him unjustly, His life taken from Him. And so she was in grief. Then the Bible also tells us that when Joseph of Arimathea took his body to place it in the tomb, that these same ladies, they made sure to follow because they wanted to know where his body was going to be put. And they wanted to be able to honor Jesus afterwards and make sure that he was given proper burial, that everything was according to the Scripture. And so they followed along. And they knew for sure. There's some people that said, oh, Mary went to the wrong tomb. She found the tomb empty. But she went to the wrong, she didn't go to the wrong tomb. Those ladies followed and they knew for sure where they were going because they wanted to honor Christ. And so, why is she weeping? She's weeping then because she had been healed by Jesus. He had changed her life and now he was gone. Her, she had found purpose through Christ and now he was gone. She had seen him being crucified and then she had come to the tomb and it's empty. She had thought that they had stolen that body, were trying to desecrate His body, and it just tore her up that they were doing that to Christ, and so she was in grief and she was weeping. So when the Bible says here, John 20 verse 11, that she was weeping outside the tomb, she was in deep grief. All that began to change, though, when Mary hears a voice. She hears a voice from a tomb. Now, she doesn't recognize, it's funny, the tomb's empty, she thinks the body's stolen. Clothes, the things that he was wrapped in, are there. Somehow, that doesn't give her a clue. There's two angels there. But she's weeping so that she didn't even recognize these angels. These she meets Jesus. She doesn't even recognize Him until He calls her by name. And when Jesus says Mary, she knows it's Christ. You know... Earlier in this gospel, when John came and he actually saw how Jesus had been wrapped up in those grave clothes, it was just like they hadn't changed. His body had just disappeared. But now there was a different wrapping upon his head, and that had been taken and that had been folded. And so John saw that, and the Bible tells us that he believed. It was at that point that he knew that Jesus was alive. Johnny just sang about uh, Cleopas. And it was when I mean, they heard all the lesson about the Old Testament and how Jesus was active in the Old Testament and how Jesus had predicted His death and His resurrection. And then when they're breaking bread 
It's like they know Jesus is alive. They, they sense Jesus' presence. They know it's real. Now, I don't know when it took place in your life. Was there a time when you sensed Jesus Christ, He really is alive. He's alive. He's not the same. He's not dead. He's not like everybody else. Jesus lived a perfect life. He did die. He died a gruesome death, but it was a death for us. But Jesus Christ is alive. When she hears her name spoken by Mary, she knows He's real. She knows He's alive. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's at work today. And the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you. And you, Jesus may be calling out your name through the Spirit of God speaking to you personally within you, and you can sense it. He is alive. You need to be able to pay attention. Out of all the decisions you're going to make, what you do with Jesus Christ is the most important decision that you can make, that you'll ever make. It, it changes eternity. It's all based upon that. And so Mary, she heard a voice. You know what it reminds me of? In John chapter 10, in verse 27, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, My sheep, they hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So when, when you have a relationship with Christ, you can sense when the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Jesus said, My sheep know my voice. When He said Mary, she knew it was Christ. And she was ready to follow. Now, Notice Jesus said, Mary, don't cling to me. So apparently what she did was she went and she wrapped herself around me. She's like, I'm not going to lose you again. And Jesus said, Mary, you don't have to do that. I'm going to ascend to the Father. But here's what she said. It reminds me of something else that Jesus said in John chapter 10. I read to you verse 27, but you know what verse 28 said? You don't have to cling to me, Mary. You don't have to worry about holding on to me. Because I'll tell you this. When you know Jesus Christ, He's got a hold of you. And so in John 10, 28, it says this, I give them eternal life. He's talking about His disciples. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of My hand. How could Jesus say that? I'll tell you how He could say that. If He's paid your sin debt, nobody has authority to be able to come and touch you. Because Jesus Christ has paid your sin debt and has risen from the dead... He's the one that's in control. And so Jesus said, if you're in my hand, no one has the authority, the ability, the right to be able to take you from me. There is now nothing that can separate you from me. Isn't that great? That's the truth. And so Jesus then says, Mary, you don't have to hold me that tight. I've got a hold of you. You don't have to worry. He goes on then and he tells Mary, he said, Mary, i got an assignment for you. I want you to go. And just as Jesus had changed Mary's life, before, He's doing it the same now. Because, see, many people have no purpose and no meaning in life. But when you find Jesus Christ, you're going to have purpose and you're going to have meaning. He gives us that. He gives us assignment. He wants us to live for Him. He wants our lights to shine. He wants us to be able to make a difference and an impact here on earth. An impact that's going to last for eternity. That's going to matter. And so Christ gives you and I purpose. That means now when I go to work, it's not just to make some money. I'm going to work because I'm representing Him. I can be able to give, whether through, I can give my money and help to be able to support and do things for Him, but I can do other things. I can be able to give in so many different ways 
and I can reach so many different people. And so it just changed everything. God has given me meaning and purpose in life because of the resurrection. So Mary heard a voice. Not only did she hear a voice, Jesus shares with her some brand new truths. And so let's just take note of some of the things that Jesus says to Mary. Jesus in verse 17 said, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended my Father. But you go to my brethren and say to them... Now, notice this, the first thing. Do you see the word, my brethren? He's speaking there to the disciples. It's the first time he called them brethren. Isn't that interesting? Before, he'd even called them at one time friends. He'd called them servants, but he had never called them brethren. But here, Jesus calls them brethren because things have changed. See, He has paid their sin debt. And because of that sin debt being paid, they now can be forgiven. And here's the good news, adopted into the family of God. And so that's a word that Paul actually uses in the book of Romans. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 15, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, he said, now we've been adopted, adopted, You only adopt a child if you want that child. Jesus has come so that we could be able to be in God's family. And we could be adopted in that family. And you know what Paul goes on to tell us? That now, because we're adopted, we are actually joint heirs with Christ. So the things that Christ has, the inheritance that He has, we too are going to receive. You and I as brothers and sisters. Isn't that wonderful? So Jesus then, Mary learned some new truths. One is that we're part of the family of God now. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's the second thing. Notice that He says, not only are we brothers and sisters, but He said, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father. And He calls God Father. Now, throughout Jesus' ministry, whenever He talked about God, He called Him Father. But now He's saying something different. Now He's saying, not only is He my Father, but He's your Father. You have a relationship with God. It's through Christ. And so guess what? That opens up all kinds of new doors. You know what that means? That means you're never alone. That means if you know Christ, you're not alone. It also means that prayer is not just a possibility. Prayer, it's there always. I can talk because of Christ. I have the access I have the authority. I have the right to talk to God at any time. What a privilege. The resurrection has changed everything. It's made it possible for us to be in the family and therefore to have access to God. And you can come with confidence. You can come with boldness. You can come with assurance. Prayer, it's there for you. And you can talk to God anytime. And you can come knowing that God hears. Isn't that something? You see, there's a, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you can't say that. But because if you know Christ, it changes everything. I can come with boldness. When I pray, I pray with confidence. When I pray, I pray with authority. All because, not because of who I am, but because of who I know. Because I'm in the family of God. I have a relationship with Christ, and that gives me access to God. It changes everything. So not only does he say, Jesus calls him brother, not only does he say, God is now my father, 
But let me also tell you what he says. Here he points out, I'm going to my God and your God. Where is God? Jesus said, listen, I'm going to ascend. I'm headed back to heaven. Do you know God is in heaven? And because of Jesus Christ and His resurrection, because you and I are in the family of God now, He is our Father, our destiny is heaven. Here's what Jesus told the disciples earlier. In John 14, He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. In other words, heaven is to be your home. And by the way, I want you to know something. Whenever He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, He was speaking about you specifically. We're all a little different. We're not all the same. We have different likes. But Jesus, when you're in His family, just as your children, each of them may be just a little different, their rooms look a little different. He said, you know what? Your place is going to be just a little different. It's going to be built specifically for you. And I'm doing that. I'm going because you've got a home that's awaiting you. So when we started off and we was talking about that Jeff and Sherry Easter song and about this lady dying, how you can sing about that. Or you go to a funeral and somebody speaks so confidently about heaven. And you say, how in the world can they speak with that kind of confidence? Can I tell you? It's all about Jesus Christ. It's about this resurrection. And if a person has given their life to Him, I can speak on the authority of the Word of God, on the authority of the resurrection, that heaven is real. It's a place that's prepared, that Christ has prepared for His family. And so if you're a part of His family, it's for you. And so you can be able, we can have excitement, and we can be able to celebrate. And even when we lose somebody, we've not really lost them. We know that they're far better, that they're in a place that's been prepared specifically for them. And so Jesus, He, changed, he, he shares some brand new truths with Mary. Here's what I'm convinced of. Mary was not the same. Oh, if the resurrection wouldn't have happened, oh, what a miserable time she would have had. But the resurrection happened. Her life was changed. Just as Jesus had cast out those demons and put her, gave her a brand new start, gave her a purpose, because Jesus is alive, that was reaffirmed. And she knew that her life was worth living. It wasn't in vain. Now you may be like Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, before she met Christ, she was completely controlled by demonic forces. I'm not saying that that's you, but there's people that are controlled by substances. They're not in charge of their life. They have given over their life to some type of substance or to some type of sin. If you sin, you're going to be enslaved to that sin. And there's people that are in bondage. Do you know you have hope today? That bondage can be broken and it's broken through the power of Jesus Christ, the authority of His resurrection because of His shed blood for you. And you can find forgiveness today. And you can be on the road to recovery by having Christ come and indwell you. And you say, how can you say so with such confidence? I can say this. If you know Christ, 
The Holy Spirit will come in and dwell you, and you're going to have a partner. You're going to have somebody to help you. That doesn't mean you'll be perfect. That doesn't mean it won't be a struggle, but you're going to have the help you need to be able to overcome. Jesus Christ is alive, and that's a difference maker. And you know, I can tell you this. I struggled in my life worried about death until I found Christ. And when I found Christ, when I go to bed at night, that's not what keeps me awake. That doesn't bother me. I have a peace and I have an assurance. If I die, I know. Because of Christ, I'm headed to heaven. And I want you to have that same peace. And if you don't have that peace, you can today. And Christ, in fact, wants you to have that peace. We've got reason to celebrate. We serve a risen Savior. It changes everything. Let's take a moment. Let's have prayer together. Lord, thank you so much. What a great day you blessed us with. A day for us to be able to gather in your house. I thank you for each person that's here. And Lord, I just ask that today that you would let each one of us to be able to have a peace and assurance that we know that Christ truly is alive. That he, His death upon the cross was not the end. His being buried in the grave in the tomb is not the end. That He came out of that tomb for our purpose. His death paid the penalty of our sins so we could be forgiven. We could have a relationship with You. We could have the assurance of heaven. We could have that peace that passes understanding. May You allow each person to be able to know that truth and to be able to experience that assurance and peace. And I just pray for Your blessings now. In Jesus' name, amen.